We all know how hard it is to find and retain good people. Well, there's a few things that you need to make sure you're doing to ensure that when you find the talent, you can keep them for the long term. We have the pleasure now of diving into this topic with the very talented Russ Horrocks and Drew Cameron. Take it away, guys. Thanks, Wally. Appreciate that. I'm here with Drew, and my name is Russ Horrocks. And today we're going to talk about how to attract talent and, more importantly, how to keep talent. In today's world, and today's economy, really the onus to keep people employed is on the employer. We have to make an attractive and compelling reason why good people that are good at what they do want to stay and continue to work for you. So I'm going to speak with Drew here today and kind of find out what his take is on this and, and how we can best do this. So Drew, um, there's the topic. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think what we're talking about here is compensation first and foremost. So, you know, when you're looking to attract talent to your company, specifically sales talent, salespeople, uh, you need to have a compensation program, compensation and benefits, I should say, uh, program that incentivizes them and drives the performance. Uh, first and foremost, it has to match company objectives. Your compensation plan has to drive the objective that you want to object, meaning you've got to hit the uh, the, the right profitability, you want to make sure that they're hitting the right price points, that they're promoting the right products and services the way that you want. So I think first and foremost is making sure that compensation matches company objectives. Makes sense. Quick question on that. It's not just the company, the employer, and the salesperson. Also the homeowner plays into this too, don't they? Yes. If we're not careful, what can happen there? Yeah, if you don't have the right compensation plan, uh, some salespeople may take advantage of the homeowner, right? If, they're, if, if they think that they make more money by promoting a certain product or service or something like that, and, and they start to kind of drive people to the upper end of the book or the lower end of the book, depending on how the, uh, the compensation plan is set, I mean, you might achieve the wrong objective because they're, they're optimizing for themselves and not really for the customer first and the company second. My whole, my whole rule of compensation is, is I, as the employee, should look to take care of the customer first, the company second, and if I take care of those first two, then I get taken care of. I love it. Yeah, we, we hear it all the time where we see compensation plans where it's good for one of those three entities, but not the other two. So I love how we have to establish objectives and then meet those objectives. I, you know, the reverse engineering concept, right? What do we want to accomplish? How do we make sure we accomplish it? Great. Well, what else do we need to be aware of? Well, I think the elements of compensation, right? And so on the EJA website, there is a compensation structure for all of the positions. Uh, if you go to the EJA website archives and you look up role description and compensation plans, you can find some outlines for, for compensation plans. Uh, but I know you and I, we work with a lot, a lot of clients around the United States, and we get asked about this all the time. So number one, the answer is it always has to match company objectives. But number two, specifically uh, when we talk about salespeople, we're big fans of 100% commission. Uh, that we, we drive performance and we drive compensation based off of the, the trigger event being the sale in the home. And so 100% commission, and that commission is componentized, meaning it covers everything that you do. While the sale may be the trigger event and you may be getting paid based off of either uh, a percentage of revenue or a percentage of gross profit, or even in some companies a percentage of net profit, the trigger event being the sale pays for everything that you do. It pays for running the leads. It pays for attending company meetings. It pays for depending, uh, attending departmental meetings. It pays for you maybe working the home shows and going back to jobs 
after the job is done to say thank you and make sure that the, you know, the quality of the work meets our standards and, and asking for those referrals. So I like to say that uh, commission is componentized, right, because it covers all of the components. The sure. biggest component being the, you know, what you do in the home and doing, of the, you know, doing the paperwork properly, checking in, debriefing, uh, following up on leads, so forth and so on. But it covers all of your activities. Uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's thing number one. I like that. Um, so what you're saying is that we need to identify what are all the expected uh, behaviors of the position, yeah. and they're, they're all compensated for. How much, though, is just simply determined by what they do in the home. Yes. I've heard that a lot over my career. I don't get paid to do that. And, and your answer is, yes, you do. Yes. That's expected of the position. Yeah, the sale is just the trigger event. Gotcha. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah can avoid that altogether. So it's important when you bring people in, set that expectation up front. Yes. Um, real quickly, before we get too far into how to keep talent, um, just a real quick point on where, where, where would we find the talent? Just something real simple on that. Where's the best place to find the talent? I mean, you can find talent all over. They don't necessarily even have to have industry experience, but mm. you can find salespeople in, in all roles, right, that, that are salespeople in, maybe they sell RVs, maybe they sell homes, maybe they sell um, uh, boats and cars and, and mm. things of that nature. I mean, so they, they could have some sales experience, but they don't necessarily have to have sales experience. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, anybody, in my mind, uh, introvert, extrovert. Sure. I, I, again, if they have the drive to do what the role, you know, number one requires, and uh, take care of customers. I, I, I've, we, we've actually found salespeople all over the all over the place. Yeah, I've had I've had guys in my class. I had one. He was a re, he was a school principal, and he yeah. felt the better service family. He needed to be in a different position that compensated him better. And so, talent really is what you're saying. It's pretty much look for the attributes. Yeah. Look for a cultural fit. Yeah. Make sure that they're going to uh, represent the core values of the company. And, and truly represent the brand, which of course is the customer experience. Yeah, and, and another good point on that is, it, it, certainly we always hire for attitude first, right? And we can mm -hmm. teach the skill and the knowledge and the technical knowledge, even the HVAC technical knowledge. Um, but I do believe that somebody has to be money motivated, not necessarily by money itself, but by what money can do. Sure. And, and you may be somebody who's of, of, of a charitable mindset where you like to give away a lot of money. But if I have a, a job in which, uh, I'm looking for you based on the number of uh, opportunities I'm going to provide to you during the year. I'm expecting you to sell a couple million dollars and maybe make a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, I got to have somebody who is who wants to make that kind of money and maybe is even used to making that kind of money and knows what it takes to to make that uh, that kind of money. Because the the biggest thing I've run into in my career is hiring somebody where I have this potential, right? But they've made forty thousand. They say they'd like to make a hundred thousand, but they've never made it. They don't know what it takes to make a hundred thousand. And the problem is, is they used to make forty, and then all of a sudden they make sixty by like let's say September, October of that year, and they kind of they kind of coast the rest of the year. Right. So, uh, and do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good point. We we really I think we both learned uh, you know, throughout our career in leadership positions, we really can't motivate people. Yeah. We can inspire, we can remove obstacles, we can serve them, but motivation, you've got to have that from within. So, uh, you know, when we interview people, we're looking for what's that motivation. Yeah. Um, to your point, do you think it's contradictory? Someone once taught me, and I, I think it was a great lesson, that uh, if you want to make money, you can. But if you become the best professional that you're capable of, you make so much more. Yeah. Do you think that's contradictory or complementary to what you just said? I think, I think it's complementary. You know, to, to find somebody who wants to become the best version of themselves and the best person at their craft. Yeah, because you'll make a lot more that way. 
And, and again, and when you go with not a sales mentality, but that service mentality, you'll also uh, take that to the next level. Good, love and, it. Yeah, so, um, and accountability is, a, is an important part to this too, right? So wait, got, wait, wait, no, we're talking salespeople, no accountability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I always like to say, there are no bad sales leads, only bad salespeople, but I also like to say there are no bad salespeople, only bad sales managers and owners who either didn't recruit properly, train and coach properly, or train and coach ongoing uh, there, but there has to be some level of accountability, right? If I teach you how to use the price book or the investment guide, you have to use it effectively. If you, if you make mistakes and you forget things, Management ownership leadership should work with them, but uh, if there's a recurrence of behavior, it needs to be documented in the compensation plan as to how you're going to ding that person's compensation. Gotcha. So do you have any thoughts on that at all? Yeah, no, I think that's really important. I get asked all the time as well, how do we hold salespeople accountable? Yeah. Uh, well, you have to train. You have to set expectations, and you have to then report back. Yeah. For me, I always say the first time we learn, it's okay. I expect good salespeople to always be growing and making mistakes. Uh, so the first time, we learn from it. If it's repeated, obviously they didn't learn, now we have to get their attention, and that's where probably um, a ding structure, if you will, or some type of accountability needs to come in place. That actually motivates and gets their attention. So that's kind of how I've always looked at it. Yeah, because I mean, you don't want to create a compensation plan that is you know, uh, negatively uh, reinforced, if you will, right? Because that drives that drives motivation downward, if you will. You know, you can't motivate people, but you certainly can demotivate them. Right, fear-based. We don't want a fear-based culture. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, but accountability is important, and you can't just ding a person's commission arbitrarily because the, you know, the job didn't come in on time or they, you know, they forgot something. That has to be documented in the compensation plan. And then that way we all know where we stand you know, right up front. Uh, you know, after that, I like to incentivize performance. Okay. So bonuses or incentives. I think are important if you have a certain uh, metric that you're uh, set to achieve, a certain, we don't even like to use the word goals anymore, we, we say standard. The standard of performance this month is X. And then if you want to give them a stretch goal, that would be above and beyond obviously what helps you achieve budget, right? Yeah. But I think you should incentivize performance, whether that be uh, total revenue for the month, uh, average ticket for the month, uh, we, we call it connection ratio, most people know it as closing ratio. Mm -hmm. um, and, and whether you do that monthly or quarterly, I think that's up to you. Uh, if you, I, I know also we talk about sometimes hitting a gross margin objective. Uh, you know, I don't typically drive that as a performance metric because uh, salespeople, you know, they have to sell by the right price, but they're not responsible for how the team performs out in the field, right, right. per se. Yeah, there's nothing more frustrating for a salesman than to be held accountable to something that they can't impact. Yeah. So yeah, we have, to, we have to protect them. If they sell the way they're, they're supposed to sell, their, their compensation is protected. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if you go chasing pennies in that situation, you can so demotivate that salesperson, it can cost you tens of thousands of dollars because you went and took a little bit for something they couldn't even control. Yeah. So there's a real balance, it sounds like. It's a delicate balance that we've got to kind of walk that line just right, don't we? Yeah, it, yeah no doubt. Uh, I also like to have contests. Okay. Right, so you know, sometimes the contest is just amongst the sales team, depending on how big the sales team is in a company. But if you have a team of one, there's not much of a contest there. Uh, so you can have awards and rewards there, where you're acknowledging recogn and recognizing performance. Because you know, salespeople are stroke deprived. I think all humans are stroke deprived, right? They don't, we don't hear enough good things reinforcing uh, what we do right and, and, a, and showing appreciation for the things that we do right. 
but I think it's also important to acknowledge those behaviors and acknowledge the, uh, you know, not just statistics per se, but not, you know, acknowledge and recognize uh, behavior. Mm -hmm. So if you get like a great review, uh, acknowledge that. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a monetary award. Sometimes it could be a gift card to dinner. Sometimes it could be a day, you know, a day off. Sometimes it could be movie tickets or you know, pass to get ice cream with the kids or, or something like that. You know, it's interesting. So it sounds like you're saying compensate or acknowledge the behaviors you want. Yes. I know some owners, they, whether it's pride or what, they don't like to do that. Yeah. Um, have you ever experienced that? Yeah, I, I think a lot of owners, you know, <laughs> One thing about contractors, that, you know, growing up in the family business from the age of 12, the one thing I noticed about my dad and then all the contractors that I seem to have met over the years, they're paranoid about the worst case scenario. Yeah. Yet they never think about how to go ahead and, like you say, acknowledge the behaviors that they want and drive those behaviors. Yeah. People want to please the boss. They really do. You ever hear this? All I ever hear is the things I did wrong. Yes. Yeah. That is so demotivating for salespeople, isn't it? Yeah, and, and especially for salespeople because salespeople here know all day long yeah. from customers. And, and they, a lot of them, can't, you know, they take that personally. They take yeah. it as a, as a personal rejection even though it's not. And, and resiliency is important, but the worst thing is, is like when I'm out there representing the company and I'm fighting for the company and I'm fighting for you, boss, and I'm fighting for the team and I'm fighting for the customer and I'm hearing no. And then I come in and I, I get beat up internally. It's like, you know, where do I go to get you know, a pat on the back and attaboy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it sounds like these things work because they're consistent with the traits that we're identifying. Yes. You know, salespeople are emotionally driven. They're highly motivated. They're self-starters. Yeah. Um, and they do thrive and rely on acknowledgement and compensation. Yeah. And that's, so that's why it works, right? Yes. Yep. Perfect. Love it. All right. So um, I think we've got a pretty good idea of how to attract the talent, keep the talent. What other things should be considered in that? Yeah, I, I think part of that is the overall package, not just the, the monetary piece. I mean, there are monetary elements to the other things I'll share with you here, but you know, it, it should be a complete package, right? Okay. So I, I like you know to look at, uh, the, you know, we don't have expenses where we have expense accounts where you get to go out with a company credit card and you're whining and dining customers and, and golf's not that, covered. Golf's not covered. Oh, no, man. you know, drinks at the bar and okay. restaurants and meals. We're entertaining each yeah. each salesperson is entertaining the other on their company credit cards. <laughs> so we don't have expense accounts per se, but I do like to cover their vehicle. I like to give them a, a nice company vehicle that they feel comfortable in that will perform. And if you're in a, a market that has snow, maybe you've got some four-wheel drive uh, elements on the vehicle as well, or all-wheel drive, and that you're compensating them or covering the gas. They have a vehicle gas card as well. And, and you wrap that vehicle. I mean, it should be a, a rolling billboard for the company sure. there. Um, cell phone, you should pay the company you know, for the cell phone. You should provide the phone and the, you know, pay for, obviously, the bill. Because if they get let go, you want that phone number coming back to the company. You want that phone coming back to the company. You want all of the, the, the details that are in that phone coming back to the company. So I don't like to give them, have them have their own phone that I pay for. We actually have a company supply phone that we, we cover the bill on. Uh, tolls and parking, of course. Uh, provide a company laptop and or iPad or ta some type of tablet so they can do the work necessary uh, to interact and communicate with the customer as well as get access to the information that they need. Uh, you may have some digital sales tools as well uh, that, that might be on the laptop or the iPad. Uh, uniforms, company uniforms. I like to prescribe a company standard of, of clothing. Technicians have a full-blown uniform. And as, as salespeople, I like to obviously give them a company shirt, but I do like to say, okay, go to, let's say, you know, men's warehouse or a specific uh, lady store 
and get you know a nice pair of slacks. Wear a nice pair of shoes. Uh, you know they they can they, you know I'll give them some some guidelines if you will to to kind of you know, customize their clothing, the rest of their clothing. But I want them to look professional. I, I say dress for the wage you want to earn. So I don't want to dress a salesperson up as a technician, unless the technician is a selling technician. Mm -hmm. and then that's what they wear because that's that's their uniform. But don't go ahead and put the salesperson in disguise mentality. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, as they say. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're going to earn the customer's trust and respect on the merits of their behavior. Yeah. Uh, looking casually professional, I think, is what we're going for. Yeah. And then vacation. I do want to pay for vacation and holidays. I think that's important. They deserve the same benefits as everybody else on the team. The problem is, is if your salespeople don't take time off to kind of refresh and recharge, then they don't, they're not going to be as effective as they need to be. And, and you want to pay them uh, to, you know, to take time off. So make sure that you're giving them, and I like to give them uh, you know, two weeks to start. You know, other people on the team typically earn that, that pay over time, but salespeople uh, need to take that time. And since they, they kind of walk out you know, every day without the you know, complete risk of not making a paycheck that day, that's kind of the offset. I give them two weeks of vacation, maybe even three weeks of vacation right up front. And then, of course, I pay, uh, pay them for the holidays as well as everybody else gets paid for the holidays. And then benefits. Um, I like to pay for the insurance, the, the health insurance of my salespeople. Uh, if they want to cover their family, they can cover their family, but I will pay for the salesperson's health insurance. Again, because it's a different position, also, in some cases, if they don't get a paycheck in a particular week, there is a cost of that insurance that week, and I need something to offset that. So as a company, I just I kind of took that on as a, as a burden of the compensation plan. And then lastly, and maybe most importantly, is that ongoing training and coaching. Um, I certainly want my people to go out there and, and train and self-develop and coach themselves uh, through podcasts and books and whatnot, but if they see a class that they think is important I, you know, and they want to attend it, you know, I'll pay, if I think it's a benefit to them and to the company, you know, I'll pay for not only the, the tuition but the expenses, as well as give them a, some small per diem so that they, they don't feel like they've been hurt by taking a day off. You know, and I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, I, I hear it all the time. Salespeople, they have a hard time even taking vacation, let alone yeah. training days, because they're afraid of missing out. So if you have a, a stout, um, uh, appropriate compensation plan, I think they'll feel safe, comfortable taking those days and, and investing in themselves, which I think is hugely important. One quick comment on the vehicles. I, I you know, for a salesperson, their, their vehicle is kind of like their office. Yes. It's their rolling office. They spend a lot of time in that vehicle. When I ride with salespeople on a weekly basis, we're sometimes 8 to 12 hours you know, out, uh, and a good portion of that's in the vehicle. So you know, I know that uh, owners are careful with the money, and they should be, but if you, if you get them a clown car, Right. And they can't fit in it, yeah. and they're frustrated, but they yeah. spend most of their time in there. Um, how productive are they really going to be? Right. So think about the objective, the behavior, the compensation. Um, all great information. One, one tip, if you only have one salesman, make sure you take some time to give them the, the second best salesman in the company award every once in a while. So have some fun <laughs> with them. <laughs> well, Drew, great information. I really appreciate Thanks. it. Uh, get out there. Attract that talent. Keep the talent. Look for attributes. Look for cultural fit. Look, of course, for integrity. Make sure they're going to carry out um, the role the way that you want them to and um, best of luck thanks for watching drew anything else that's it all the best and for continued success until next time awesome content as always gentlemen thank you very much it's great to hear the details regarding finding and keeping awesome salespeople we consistently get asked about this topic 
and it's important to implement the things that Russ and Drew have talked about if we want to see permanent change. If you're a member of EGIA Contract University, make sure you continue to watch this show every week and make sure your salespeople are going through the core training at least once a year. If you're not a member of Contract University, well, you should be. You can get free access to the platform for 30 days simply by clicking the Join button at the top of this page. In 30 days, you can get through the entire sales program, and I guarantee you that'll have a big impact on your sales performance. So why not give it a try? What do you have to lose, my friends? Listen, that's our show for this week. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.